Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Gotta remember the reason for the season, Pat. The reason for the season. I don't know. I'm I'm over my skis. Where are my pastors? Where are my Presbyterians? Somebody help me. SI's Russ Gellinger. Maybe everything does shift up. Ch- conference championship games. Maybe they go to Thanksgiving and your rivalry weekend moves up. Everything moves up. And then semifinals maybe are on New Year's Eve day. The commissioners are trying to prevent from going too deep in January. And SI's Pat Forty. Now, what this, what we have here is the chess version of Nick Saban saying that Jimbo Fisher bought his recruiting class, and now Jimbo is Roy Delfino firing back saying, prove it, big boy. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod, and uh, before we, uh, we do our obligatory pour one out for another coach who got fired, kind of knew he was going to get fired, but we didn't care enough to hold the show on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll try to be more caring, Georgia Tech. Sorry. Yeah, we're like, yeah, uh, we can wait on that. Uh, yeah, uh, Jeff Collins uh, fired at Georgia Tech. Uh, before that, I want to thank everyone who has been listening, sharing us on social media, subscribing, telling your friends about us, all the other things I uh, implore you to do. We're in the midst of another record month, and the pod is doing great, and we need all the help we can get. So uh, if you enjoy listening to the show and you want to keep it going, we need listeners. If the show is free, we ask nothing. So yep. just uh, subscribe it. and click. That's it. Subscribe and click and get someone else to subscribe. So yep. we have a good time doing it. We like it. We want to keep doing it. And uh, it seems that uh, at least some of you are either, they're either listening or hate listening. I think it's the UMass <laughs> bump. <laughs> It's the UMass football bump. It's They're all the followers, me. all the listeners I brought over. Come on now. It's Ross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You brought, yeah you, right. you, you, you amped up the sex appeal. The sex appeal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Younger, uh, better looking, and probably less of a jerk than the rest of us. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You want they just want that Matt. They're like Matthew McConaughey. He's got a college football pod. Listen to this guy. <laughs> what what is that? I've had multiple people you reach out. You just did it. About, you just come did it. On. What is yeah. that? What is what that? Is that? <laughs> come on, man. I don't sound like minis- Matthew McConaughey. I, I, you I, are I, not I. the minister of culture on this podcast. I retain that. <laughs> We've got some good stories later, too. So buckle up. Uh, but maybe listening. Uh, I believe he listened before, but he certainly got the free time now. Jeff Collins. That's the way to keep him. That's the way to keep a listener. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Fired at Georgia Tech, went 10 and 28. Uh, You know, he'd done well at Temple. You know, I thought, yeah, he was a good defensive coordinator. Temple looked solid. Why not? Three and nine, three and seven, three and nine, one, three. Just never got, just never got lift off at all. Uh, Just nothing really. Uh, Seventh in the coastal, 12th overall. They didn't do coastals and, uh, Mountains or whatever their little thing is in the ACC. And then the sixth in the coastal coast. Atlantic, Atlantic, coast. Atlantic. I'm sorry. Atlantic coast. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, like yeah. the mountain and West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. The unimaginative. <laughs> anyway, uh, Georgia Tech is open. Who should take this job and what kind of job is this? I, you know, obviously the academic requirements to get in are tough. 
transfers are almost impossible, which seem like you better have at this level because you're not signing a bunch of five stars. However, right there in Atlanta. So, uh, and they've been, they've had their moments. So, uh, Pat, I'll start with you on this one. Yeah. They get, Tech. Isn't it incredible to believe they won a share of a national championship in 1990? I mean, seems like inconceivable, but they, they actually did. And then Colorado won the other half of that title. Yeah. That was an odd year. Uh, let's say that. Uh, first, you know what? I, I mean, yeah, on, on paper, the hire of Drew Collins looked like it had a chance. Probably everyone underestimated the difficulty of the complete remake from the Paul Johnson option system. You know, everybody said, oh, it'll take a couple of years. Well, it's taken more than that. And uh, they maybe should have gone with another offensive guy to steer that through. Uh, perhaps a little bit more cleanly of like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. And these are the players we're going to use. And this is how it's going to work to totally revamp an option attack. Uh, as you mentioned, Dan, it's, it's an intriguing, but kind of conflicting job because you're sitting on an absolute gold mine of talent, but can you get the talent in school? And I was just thinking, as you were saying it about the transfer situation, think what there, what are three schools academic heavyweight schools that have had some success but are really struggling right now in the transfer era. Stanford, Northwestern, Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. I, I know they've had a lot of people transfer out. I wonder if it's partly a difficulty of having players transfer in and you're just losing experienced talent and not being able to replace that. Not able to uh, replace. Yeah. You might throw Boston College in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be a reason for BC struggles. I don't know. Yep. The transfer That's- portal's half the game now right it's so. something something to look into uh as far as who can look we, we've talked about on this podcast i mean the, the the Deion sanders element is really intriguing goodness knows he's he's got history and cachet in atlanta i think he would absolutely destroy recruiting there but you got to be able to get kids into school and you're dealing with a place that athletics doesn't wag the tail there's the tail that does not wag the dog at Georgia Tech, and, you know, that that could be a problem for him. He probably needs to be more at a place where they're just going to say, carte blanche, Dion, do your thing, and that's not going to be Georgia Tech. Yeah, Dion, uh, it's going to be hard for Dion to go somewhere where he's going to be told no a lot, and I think uh, Georgia Tech will be a place where he's told no quite a bit. In all the things you guys have talked about, the academic requirements of getting people in, the transfer situation, uh, just the overall, you know, resources. I mean, they've just talking to, to some administrators, a few of them kind of sort of interested in the Georgia Tech job. They say they're the, the debt service at Georgia Tech for facilities, uh, basically facilities debt is is pretty overwhelming. It's it's a pretty big bear to get to get your hands around Georgia Tech, like so many other places kind of has to decide, right? Like, uh, are we going to go all in here on football or, or are we going to invest significantly in football kind of like Miami, you know, is doing, uh, although it's not working out well lately for them, but you know, are they going to, are they going to go all in or, or what? And that, that's kind of the decision they have to make. And that includes not just spending with resources and things like that, but also in getting players in and, you know, all that. And I just don't, you know, Dion fits in Atlanta. I don't know if Dion fits at Georgia tech. But uh, but there's certainly a long list of, of coaches who would want that job. If you look back on the history, I think from for about 17, 16 years in a row, Georgia Tech made a bowl game, 97 through 2014, it looks like. I mean, they made a bowl game every single year. They won their division like four times. They won the conference twice over that stretch. They won at least 10 games three times over that stretch, like – you can win there, and, and it's been proven, and you can win in a variety of ways running really weird different offenses. So there there shouldn't be a shortage of really strong candidates for the job. I just, you know, everybody's talking a lot about Dion, and I'm not sure that Dion would, would go to a place uh, that has some restraints, restrictions. He, he, so could, he could do better. And how about this? Do you want to be the AD? You may sit there and say, Dion Sanders is the coach. This is the best guy I can get. But you know you're going to have to tell him no. You want to tell Deion Sanders no? Like, if you're the AD, seriously, like, he's just too he's too big to be like, yeah, we can't do that. So, 
I'd, he can do better than this. I know he interviewed at TCU, which is a similar kind of situation, but that's back in doubt. I don't know. I just, I, I, we'll see. He's trying to go undefeated at Jackson State this year, and he very well might. Uh, they've never gone undefeated in school history. He's got a great situation. I just think he can wait and do better. It's not like they're like they're, he's worried they're going to fall off. So well, he fit. He fits better too. We've talked about this before. Out in Phoenix, more than yeah. probably you yeah. know, the Georgia Tech guy, Arizona State, and you know Arizona State's in a situation where where you, you know you you think that they they will go all in more all in on on football than Georgia Tech. I'm just kind of assuming that that they will try to to spend a little more, and they will be saying a lot more yeses, you know, to somebody like Dion than knows. Yeah, I, I like Arizona State better for him. I wrote a call about that. I mean, look, you got Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. If you're just looking around, I don't know if that interests him or not. He's obviously had a, enormous success. I think he's on a 26-3 and three run. I mean, you know, there's some coordinators, obviously. Bill O'Brien, Todd Munkin at, at Georgia, the offensive coordinator. His cousin Jeff Munkin is up at Army. Uh, you know, there's some different guys that could that'll take it. They'll get a coach and they'll get a plan. I just think because of the academic requirements, and once you're in, trying to get someone to transfer in so hard because your your game plan would be: look, I'm going to recruit Atlanta, but I'm going to lose half my recruits, if not more. But I'm going to get some of them back. So you go off to wherever you want to go play somewhere else because you're too good for Georgia Tech. But you come back, and now I'm the local school with a with a nice little option for you. But I I don't know. I don't, we'll see what we'll see what uh, comes of that. I will say, just uh, uh, Ross and I's colleague Richard Johnson wrote a good column on on the the Georgia Tech job uh, today, and saying you know Georgia Tech has has tried to be you know kind of Atlanta's team and embrace the culture of Atlanta, which some people have referred to as you know the black. Nation's capital of America. It's a city with a really vibrant black culture there. And so he said they should be looking, at least considering black head coaches or black coaches to replace. Uh, they haven't had one uh, to replace Jeff Collins. He mentioned Charles Huff at Marshall, former Saban yeah. assistant. I went up there a couple of weeks ago. I was super impressed with him. They had just beaten Notre Dame. Of course, since then, they have lost to Bowling Green and Troy. Or I'm sorry, Bowling Green. Yeah, yeah, Bowling Green and Troy. Uh, mentioned uh, Florida State assistant Alex Atkins, Miami assistant Josh Gaddis, who Gaddis has recruited like crazy in the South. He's done good work at Alabama, at Michigan. He's now at Miami. And then also Ryan Walters, the defensive coordinator at Illinois. That's a guy who I think is a rising star in the profession. That's a good unit that he's got going at Illinois. Uh, so there's there's some options out there if, if Georgia Tech uh, is interested in trying to diversify its coaching hires from its past. Well, they should certainly look for that or whoever's, I mean, they don't have the connection to the city the way like Miami does to Miami. Right. Right. Like Miami is, is a private school and, and academically competitive and all of that. And it's way down in South Miami and Coral Gables. Yet it has, uh, it it represents the, the U represents the city. I don't know a whole lot of Atlanta people going, yeah, how about that Georgia tech? Mm. Um, so there is a lot of work to be done there and that's, that's certainly a, an opportunity, right? So whether, you know, whatever, however you do that, um, I would, I would go with. All right, Ross, you are up in Chicago at the playoff meetings, the latest playoff meetings. We're not expecting an announcement that they've done what they were told today or are they are they going to blow it anyway (laughs) sometimes i tell my my kids to clean the room and then i go by and it's not so i don't know how that's going to (laughs) work pat i'm sure you never had that problem (laughs) is uh uh, what what are we get what are we getting out of chicago here what are we getting out of this meeting yeah, they'll well the the CFP uh, com- commissioners in Jack Swarbrick, the eleven of them are meeting most of the day Tuesday uh, afternoon evening, and then they'll they're supposed to restart meetings for a couple hours Wednesday morning before a separate meeting with all the Division One commissioners uh, meet uh, the commissioners conference commissioners association CCA. 
It's like 32 Division One commissioners meet, and that's Wednesday afternoon and Thursday morning. But I, I don't expect a lot of news. I think what they're, they're the big focus, first of all, the focus right now is on getting this thing started early in 24-25, and they're treating that separately than the 26 and beyond. So they're, they're treating those two years kind of separately to try to get those done. And the first thing they need to do is the calendar. And that's the big thing is when to play the games, you know, how to structure the games, when to play the first round, the quarters, the semis, and, of course, the championship game. So that, I think, probably Wednesday morning, we'll have a better idea on when those games will be played. They're going to take those proposed dates probably the next step is to bring it to the network, bring it to ESPN. Hey, you know, do you have space for these? What do you think about this? Here's what we're thinking. You know, give us some feedback, whatever. So they, they got to they gotta get the dates nailed down a little bit. And I think that's kind of the most important thing we'll probably come away with. But I don't think we'll have any final decisions until their October meeting. I think that's kind of the deadline, the October 20th meeting. It's in Dallas. And I think that's the deadline kind of of, okay, we're going to expand early or we're not going to expand early. So um, I think what everyone wants to know is, like, what are the chances it starts early? Yeah. Or starts late, but early. Well, you know, the 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 earliest it can start is 24, the 24 season. There's a lot of confusion about that, by the way. Um, so it would be the 2025 championship game, January 2025, but it would be for the 2024 season. So yeah. it'd be One two more seasons way they from now. One more confuse us. You know? One more way. Um, <laughs> yeah, when yeah, the so hell is this starting, Ross? <laughs> when do we get in the playoff? Somebody tell me. So I, I think I I I think it's going to start in 24. I I think they're going to they're going to do everything they can to start this thing in 24. I think the big hang up though is the calendar, but I, I'm not sold on it. I mean, it's not like a hundred percent. It's not even like 80%. I mean, it's like, feels like a 50, 50, 60, 40 thing to me. Um, but I, I think they, they get it done in 24, but there are a lot of hurdles. I mean, the calendar is the top hurdle of, of fitting in everything around the bowls and around the TV. And a lot of it is going to have to do with TV. You know, ESPN controls the rights to 24 and 25. They control those TV rights. Does he, you would think that ESPN wants all of those games. It's 11 games, though. You would think ESPN wants a lot, all those games. Uh, will ESPN be flexible on cutting off and in, in letting another entity take some of the games? I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to see that happening. But, you know, and I wrote this a couple of weeks ago from their first meetings in Dallas about this, and it is we got to all prepare for weeknight playoff games. This almost certain going to happen. The, it, it's to avoid the NFL games. You know, mid mid late December, the NFL starts to play on Saturdays, and it's it's hard to you don't want to compete with them, and it's hard to have four first round games on one day anyway. So I there's been a little rumbling right that um, that you might have a game on Wednesday night, game on Thursday night, game on Friday night, game on Saturday before the NFL games, or two games on. Uh, or a game on Thursday, Friday, and two games on Saturday. They're, we're going to have some weeknight situation playoff games. Uh, we got to prepare, kind of be prepared for that. I'm fine with that. I mean, yeah. you know, especially because at that point, the, the academic calendar will be over for the semester. I, I, I Again, I am the crank who keeps bringing up academics around here. But, you know, theoretically, I, good. I <laughs> like weeknight football in December. We watch bowl games all the time during that stretch. Yeah. Uh, so let's yeah. let's get those quarterfinals. Let's get the first round and the quarterfinals in there wherever we need to, and and make it happen. I, I mean, to me, like a Friday night game would just be like amazing. I, be fantastic, uh, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially I think we these, can. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's certain you can easily do four games Thursday a weekend Friday with night. Friday and the Saturdays. I, right. I also think you know, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to do more research on this. But you can fight the NFL a little bit with a playoff game. And the NFL right. will, will seed the early window on Saturday. I mean, they kind of grab that Saturday because cause they can. Because they can, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a, I don't know. I, 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 I got to look into that more. But if you're putting a quarterfinal game, the NFL does not want that. Like, they want huge numbers and they don't need the competition. Yeah, and so That's, if it's a week 
17 or 16 NFL game that, you know, some of them may matter. But a lot of them do. But still, going up against a playoff quarterfinal? Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. One thing I would love, and I, I know this wouldn't, they'll, they'll never do this because of the value, is you want, you know, your games to stack up. But like a Saturday where they had your four games and you had one go at like noon, then two, and then like, well, I don't know. Like you, you could start while one's finishing. Let me put it that way. So it just rolls, kind of like the NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah. Mm. Except for that weird, yeah. awkward time when like they still bring in the Prices Right or something. Or whatever. <laughs> like you ever seen that? You're watching. You're like where's the game? And it's like yeah. got to have Jeopardy or something. And they're like, wait, put the game back on. I don't. I don't know what the show is. But True we've been talking TV. a lot about the first round games, but quarters in the semi—that's another decision. And one of the commissioners brought it up to me a couple of days ago is he asked the question, do we want the quarters on New Year's Eve day weekend or do you want the semifinals on New Year's Day weekend? And in order for you to have the semifinals there, right, the whole schedule would have to shift up, which is right. Another whole topic entirely is moving week one to week zero, which we wrote about a little bit last week and, and got the new 365-day calendar, proposed calendar, uh, that's kind of out there. Now, the proposed calendar, I'm told, that stuff and the potential of moving week one and week zero and, and having the playoff semifinals on New Year's Day Eve, that's that's for 2026 and beyond. I don't expect that to happen in 24 and 25. It's so soon. Um, so you're going to have a different looking, if they do expand early in 24, 25, you're going to have a different looking playoff in 24, 25, the schedule and everything compared to maybe 2026 20, and beyond. You're going to have a different revenue distribution too. the revenue dis- distribution, which a lot of fans probably don't care about, but it's the, how the, how the revenue, the playoff is split among the conferences. You're going to have that be probably similar to how it is now. If, if they expand early in 24, 25 in separate in 26. So 26 and beyond, maybe everything does shift up. Conference championship games, maybe they go to Thanksgiving and your rivalry weekend moves up. Everything moves up. And then semifinals maybe are on New Year's Eve day. The the commissioners are trying to prevent from going too deep in January. That's that's kind of the bottom line here. I'm good with that. I would rather the semis are the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Well, I'd prefer they be on campus, but if we're going to do it, Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, semis, at their at their normal times, yeah, that's fine. You've got, you've got it laid up. All your other the other guys would be very happy about that. Yeah, well, <laughs> they should have they should have made that deal a long time ago instead of mm-hmm. risking it. But that's your that's your semifinals. It's it's New Year's Day is college football's day. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah, and seize it, seize it. No more New Year's Eve, Eve games. That's the divorce maker. We don't need that. You guys are trying to screw with us. <laughs> I'll, so I will never, say, never forget Bill Hancock standing there saying, we're going to remake New Year's Eve in America. <laughs> no, you're not. I'll say some yeah. would argue that we should have the quarterfinals on the New Year's on New Year's Day weekend because you have four games instead of two. So you can go all day. Some, we could, yeah, you can some put have the games that. around it. You put the other games yeah. anyway. Yeah, sure. You can have a bunch right. of games at 1 o'clock, noon, whatever. But yeah. by the time the Rose, Rose Bowl has an exclusive window, everything's done. Let's go. And uh, uh, so, you know, hey, if the, you know, the I, the annual Iowa trip to Tampa for the Outback Bowl or whatever <laughs> we're calling it now yeah. Uh, yeah. against Auburn, it, that, that <laughs> let's do that. Now, I, I there's something floating around. I've heard from a few people that at least if they're going to expand early in 24, 25, again, taking that separately from 26 and beyond, that in 24 and 25, if they do expand early there, you'll have maybe even a triple header of quarterfinals on uh, New Year's Day, and maybe you have one on New Year's Eve. That would be good. That's kind of a thought. And I think that would be pretty cool too, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that's what we got to do, that's what we got to do. I mean, look, it's not a big deal for the real hardcore fan, but it's just, it adds a like, it just makes it, it just adds a reason not to watch the game. That's a considerable one if you look at the ratings. You're talking about New Year's Eve. New, New Year's, Year's Eve. I'm sorry. New well, Year's they've even Eve. talked about New Year's it. Day sitting yeah. there, and like you know, right. what was last year? Ohio State, Utah. That was a great game, but it got a higher rating or an equal rating to the playoff games. Yeah, 
Yeah. People are like, hey, I'm home. It's New Year's Day. It's five o'clock. It's whatever. I want to watch the game. I want to watch football. And don't you have this unbelievable thing. Don't get rid of it. Right. So I, I would put the semis there. Week zero part. So this would be a big thing. It would this basically start college football the week before yeah. Labor Day, yeah. where it currently starts. Now, it is hotter. It's one week hotter. Everything starts earlier. Um, I don't have a problem with that, though. It also gives you two full weeks to get your season cranking before the NFL. Yeah. And that's a good thing. And and the NFL is sitting there playing these stupid preseason games. And there's this big window where you can kind of grab some narrative. I mean, they did a great job this year with a great opening week. Now you get two. Uh, you know, I mean, it does it change things for some fans? Sure, but I have no problem with it. And it's generally either not during the, the season, uh, during the school year, it's preschool year, or it's early on. So, I don't know. What do you think of that? Week yeah. zero. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's a decent solution. You're right. It, it, what it, will, it will inconvenience fans probably to the extent that it will hurt attendance a little bit. Maybe not significantly, but you're going to have fans who are just going to say, no way, it's too hot, too stormy. You know, you get a lot of lightning and stuff, uh, and stuff like that at that time of year. And then also it's going to be before a lot of schools start school. You know, I mean, you've, you've already got some quarter, quarter system universities that start later, but, but you're probably encroaching there where you may not have all your students on campus. So you may take a little bit of a hit at the gate, but probably not significant enough that you would, you know, say stop, stop the whole process on account of we're 5,000 tickets shorter than we normally would be or something like that for a season opener. I think fans, for the most part, are very much ready for football by week zero. Uh, so give it to them on, in mass quantities as opposed to just a couple of games here and there. To me, guys, the, the more significant issue, at least for people to adjust to, would be moving the rivalry games yes. off Thanksgiving weekend. Yep. Because that yeah, yep. is one of the great things about yep. college football. And, right. you know, I don't, don't want to be a maudlin sentimental traditionalist, but the idea of turning on the TV for the Egg Bowl Thanksgiving night and even for Nebraska, Iowa, and Missouri, Arkansas on Friday and Central Florida USF and then the Saturday lineup of Ohio State, Michigan, Iron Bowl, USC, Notre Dame yep. is really used an awesome to be a weekend. week earlier. They used they to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I... You took the words out of my mouth, Pat. I hate to be a traditionalist, but I would be upset at that. I would. I mean, I grew up, you know, going to the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night and going to LSU Arkansas games on Black Friday. That's just like when those seem like they should happen. And then watching the Iron Bowl on Saturday, you know, it was the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, smorgasbord of SEC football that I grew up watching. And I'd, I'd, I'd hate for now those games to turn into just what six five six games championship games or whatever ten or eight to ten you know championship games uh mm -hmm. over that weekend i i don't know i that that is the big one you're right and that's why some people when like when i put that calendar out last week i got a lot of feedback of it doesn't necessarily mean everything moves up a week maybe you give an extra buy during the season so maybe everything doesn't move up and I, I don't know. I, I, I get the feeling that eventually everything's going to move up. But so all right, let, let me look at this. OK, so I'm looking at 2023. OK, we're we going to even do this year. I'll look at 2022. Like there's room in there. It, it's tricky. I like that. I, I love the, the, the Thanksgiving smorgasbord, but the games were a week ahead before. Yeah, they, I'm looking at the like Saturday Ohio before State, Thanksgiving. Ohio yeah. State, Michigan, noon. Yeah. Like yeah. let's let's play. So now you do this. The so the playoff the that that weekend now is the uh, is the twenty sixth because uh, let's see twenty fourth is Thanksgiving. It's a little early this year, but whatever. Then it you is, have your yeah. championship weekend, which is fun, and you got that whole week to hype that. You want to take they want to take two weeks off for logistics and all of that, right? 12 days, yeah, between championship games and days. the first round, right? And they, so you got to watch Army on the Navy. Third, then you go to the 16th, 17th, and you play your four games. One on Friday night, three on Saturday. 
or something like that. Maybe you do Thursday, Friday, two on you Saturday. You do 15, Tell yeah, you might do, right. And, and one of the talks is you might do one game a day starting Wednesday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Well, there's you know, there's a Thursday well. NFL game too, though. So you're going up against mm. somebody. You got the NFL but, but it's everywhere. On, it, it was mentioned it's to me Amazon. that Thursday night yeah. game's on Amazon now. Yes. Right. And that kind of changes the dynamic. Maybe ESPN is okay with with going against an Amazon. Uh, yeah, that's a, it's a different and it's, at some point you just got to stand up and be like this is I mean jeez they took on New Year's Eve. <laughs> I mean when it meant protecting the bowls they were like we'll take on New Year's Eve which I mean the NFL is quite a force in America but yeah. like, <laughs> it's not New Year's Eve. Right. And then the next weekend you can't you know next weekend's Christmas so you'd probably yeah. have almost you could do it. almost you can you can you could you could go back to back to back to back, but there are certain conferences, the ACC, who does not want to do that. They don't want they don't want players playing, you know, a conference championship game one week off and then three straight weekends. But I, you I, could I, fit I, it all in and have the semis on New Year's I mean, Day play, without even moving up the sports on Christmas. It's a once in a lifetime chance. It's 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 eight teams, and there's already bowl games on Christmas. There's bowl games on the twenty third, the twenty fourth, the twenty sixth. And they play that Detroit the the quick lane bowl at like noon on the twenty sixth. Yes, well, think about it, it's only a, it's only a small amount of teams playing these play. Every round of the playoff, you have teams eliminated. So yeah, it's only fewer. you know at, at you know right. I mean, it, will the, God the, forgive the, us? Will God yeah. forgive us? That's the question. <laughs> I mean, you'll we should have a lot of to watch. Look, we have a lot of birthday. We have a lot of past son's and- birthday. You need something to watch. It's an exciting day. What better way to honor? Now, I oh, will boy. say the TV networks oh, get crazy around Christmas, right? You have NBA and you have NFL. Now you have NFL games on Christmas Day, right? Didn't they? Don't like, won't we have a couple oh, yeah. on Christmas oh, yeah. Day? Like three of them. Right, yeah, so that's four. a problem with the networks and space. Yeah, and you take think. them on. That's ABC. It's all day ABC and say, TNT. Look, we have a lot of clergy, religious pastors that for some reason listen to this podcast. Uh, we'll see if we can get them to, can, to put, the, put the issue Way in front of, in. Put the issue in front of the Almighty and ask him what, what, what yes. he would think about it. Yes. Look, I think if, if you've got a kid and you can be like, hey, man, your birthday's whatever. Hey, guess, guess what? This year, the Super Bowl's on your birthday. Or, you know, your, your, the, your, your favorite team is playing a playoff game on your birthday. That's a good thing. So on occasion... <laughs> so- <laughs> on Jesus's birthday, got to remember the reason for the season, Pat. The reason for the season. <laughs> yes, we do. It's not football, I'm, but I'm over my skis. Where are my pastors? Where are my Presbyterians? Somebody help me! I'm gonna get torched yeah. on this. Lutherans, Presbyterians, Catholics. We'll we'll take input from all y'all. I can no. tell you that as a Boston Catholic, we're go- let's play football. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. There's nothing to do after you unwrap the presents. I want to watch some games. <laughs> Look, they the already play. Don't, do don't get, I don't want to hear the damn, <laughs> oh, the Christmas. What the hell is the quick lane bowl? Is that like the a- atheist bowl or something? The agnostics are allowed only or something? Come on. Hey, I've had to cover the quick lane bowl back when it was the Motor City Bowl the day after Christmas. I was not pleased getting on that airplane at 6 a.m. December 26th to go up there for eh, Crimea River. Louisville Marshall. I think it's the Little Caesars Bowl now. Yeah, whatever it is. Let's see here. Let's see. Old Miss played in the thing. Dot. What? They're not religious down there. Let's see. We're gonna Boston College played on 2002, (laughs) the 26th of December. Huh? There you go. That's a religious school. Any others? No. No. A lot of heat. A lot of Central Central Michigan Michigan versus Western Kentucky. Yeah. Pitt versus Bowling Green. Boy, these are tough games. Actually, good games. Look, th- very uh, last. Wow, the last. Oh no, that was a run when it was the Little Caesars. There was a run of Little Caesars, seven straight, one score games. <laughs> Wikipedia, the That's... Wikipedia for the Motor City Bowl just gave up. It doesn't have the. <laughs> well, as well, it should. <laughs> Those people generally. So should we? Let's move on. We don't need the history right. of the Motor City Bowl here. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, and saying look, good? we. We we were looking Saying at the Jesus 20- Christ can't hit a curveball. <laughs> we were we were looking at the twenty two calendar. You know, you look at it and you you mentioned Dan twenty two calendar. Um, Thanksgiving is really really uh, early early this this year. Twenty four, it's really really late. So if you look at the twenty four calendar, 
you you wouldn't there's no you wouldn't play on Christmas. It's in the middle of the week the way it's set up. So you would you would have to play the quarterfinals on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, and it sets up where you would go championship games on December seventh. You'd have the break, and then December eighteenth through twenty first would be your first round. Then you'd have like another ten to twelve day break in. You're the 31st of December, January 1, you'd have your quarterfinals. And then again, a week and a half break, semis, 10th and 11th. And then they don't want just a week between the semis and the championship game. And so your championship game would be moved all the way back to January 20th, which I believe in the NFL's new playoff, because they expanded too, that might be the Monday night of the wild card game too, so there's there's that uh, as well. Yeah. It gets really complicated. Can I well, also? Good thing they have forty five meetings scheduled to work on. This. <laughs> <laughs> also, would be impressive, and I, you would get to trample across final exams at the end of the fall semester and the start they already, of the uh, spring semester. Already did that. They already did that. Oh, and, I, it, it, and Dan, I, I just want your personal opinion on what you think about. Bowl season, wanting or requesting that the bowls host first round games instead of them being played on campus. Gee, I wonder what I think of that. <laughs> that was the <laughs> ultimate softball team right rip. there. <laughs> uh, it's not even necessary. It's just a dumb idea. I don't blame <laughs> Nick Caparelli and the bowl people no. for trying. I try. He's fighting it. for his bowls. If I, uh, I, it's just come on. This is terrible. I mean, there's more people uh, I hear from wanting the second round, which is slotted to be in, in bowls, the quarterfinals slotted to be in bowls, to be on campus. There's a lot of ADs. There's a lot of ADs in the SEC that want quarterfinals on campus. Every AD I talk to, now, granted, if they said otherwise, they know, they know they're going to get yelled at, so they probably just don't bring it up, right? <laughs> it's just like avoiding yeah. the topic when just go. Yeah, they want they want the second round. Look, at, at this is what's going to happen. They're going to do one. They're going to they're going to. There, the the there's enough ad there's enough bed coaches, uh, there's enough bowl momentum. All of that P- part of it is these coaches just want neutral games. They're scared of playing. The the fear of ever going on the road is enough to give up their own home advantage. But once they see that scene of home playoff yeah. games, the first round, they're going to want to expand it. it. It'll happen in the next round, and um, they uh, and the recruiting advantage. Yeah, you I mean, can get guys host, are making final decisions, and you got to yeah, yeah, and hosting prospects, but Host, they'll try to ban yeah. that. But I don't know how you stop people from showing up on your campus that weekend. That's the way to get the coaches and, on board. Is absolutely. oh, we get to host prospects. Oh, wow, and that was specific even, in that three hundred sixty-five day calendar. Moving, moving week one and week zero, it specifically noted that schools can host prospects on that on that week one. You know, if you move up the calendar, so it's just another another time to be cruiting. There you go. Yeah, and even if it's not official visits or whatever, they're still there. If you're trying to recruit somebody from yeah. from Mississippi and the excitement of like an old Miss home playoff game would be just an enormous thing and can't, people you can't stop them from unofficially visiting. And think about the timing of that. That is like a week before or the week of early signing period. So yeah. man, you're you're talking about a huge time where everybody, you know, 80%, I think it's 80% of Power 5, at least, uh, schools uh, sign, you know, about 80% of their class on early signing period. So you can imagine that's a huge time where you have coaches going in home for stuff, and, and then you get a playoff game on your campus. Oh, and I, I, I would, I, if yeah. I was a four, let's say I'm a, a top 100 recruit and I'm making up my mind, let's say I'm from, let's just say I'm from Mississippi but I'm kind of leaning to Georgia, but oh, Ole Miss is having a playoff game this Saturday night. I am going over there anyway, and I am walking slowly through the Grove uh, with <laughs> easily identifiable uh, shirts and stuff mm-hmm. and just having everyone throw money at me. Yeah, just, like they're gonna, like, yeah, I'd, I'd just carry, walk through with a basket like at a, a yeah, church like collection a church. and have everybody donate. Or like yeah. that, you know, have seen that Italian fest they have in The Godfather where they're all pinning yeah. the dollars on the... <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right, like that. One of those yeah. things. You carry a big thing, pin on here. Yeah, maybe I'll come. I mean, because I, the fans are going to be so excited. They're just throwing money at you. And then you're sitting over there, Kirby Smart, while grinding tape, preparing. You're going, I'm going to lose the recruit. He just made 55 grand walking through the Grove. Right. Uh. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. 
The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, uh, big noon kickoff is uh, Saturday in Iowa City for the Iowa versus Michigan game. Uh, most of the fans obviously will be Iowa, Iowa nice. But there will be some Michigan fans there. And also there is uh, Urban Meyer. Back from, uh, now it's not the first time he has done a Michigan game for Big Noon Kickoff, but it's the first time since the uh, disaster in Jacksonville. Big Noon Kickoff, there was a report that they had banned Urban Meyer signs. That's not technically true. They ban inappropriate signs. Of which I'm uh, sure there are many. Yes. Uh, is it inappropriate to have a picture of Urban just enjoying himself out one night at a at a <laughs> at his bar in Dublin? Like, what is inappropriate, and how good could this get? <laughs> oh, it's Michigan be... fan has no like. You named your bar seven and zero, oh, right? <laughs> it's not like you didn't troll them. <laughs> I yeah. if I'm a Michigan fan going to that game, I'm gonna I'm gonna push the envelope on this old inappropriate sign business, right? <laughs> like, if you are the Fox people in charge of policing inappropriate signs, like, <laughs> you're calling for backup already. Tough job. You know, Tough like, job. holy moly, we need we need help because there's it's going to be like whack-a-mole. You know, get one here, get one there. Oh, there's another over there. There's another over there. I mean, good <laughs> luck. I don't know. Will there be a scene? Will there be a scene? I guess we'll find out. We I will. I'll be there, man. I will be there checking the scene, surveying the scene. Will you please? Yeah, we need we need the real thing. Go to the big noon kickoff and see what they've got. Yeah, uh, signs Report live. No signs about Urban Meyer policy is not a, a real thing. Uh, just generally inappropriate. But it's like most of the inappropriate signs would just be a reflection of his behavior. <laughs> well, I mean, again, yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's given people some material, you know. Like so, when they say, you know, like so and so, like right. Nickelback, that may not be actually true, <laughs> or you know, they have different things, right? <laughs> sort of standard ones, so they make fun of the coach. But this would be just—I just—I'm a big fan of Urban. This was the picture I found. <laughs> just happened to be in a bar, a lawyer. grinding on some woman. Bring a lawyer. All right, uh, Pat. Uh, you spent part of your morning. I I tried to I tried uh, to steer you clear of this in the group chat. By the way, yeah, yeah. Speak, speaking of listening to your attorney, <laughs> you spent the morning listening to the the NCA's vaunted uh, crack investigative body, judicial body. What is it? The IARAP. The IARP. IARP on the Memphis Tiger basketball program. This is so slow. It does not involve Derek Rose, but it might as well. <laughs> it involves whether or not Penny Hardaway helped pay for James Wiseman, who's starting his third year in the NBA and has already won an NBA championship and probably could care less, helped him move, paid the moving expenses from Nashville to Memphis so he could finish high school and eventually play at uh, three whole games for the Memphis Tigers. It took three years. There was a 34 months, 34 months to figure out a moving bill. <laughs> IARP. What? Now, nobody yeah. cares about this. Nobody. Uh, the penalties were nothing, uh, including the NCAA. Never cares. Take us through this nonsense that it took 34 months to come up with. Nothing happened. Okay. No, it kind of did. Yeah. But nobody well, cares. Like, well, I the people in Memphis care, and so do the people in Louisville, Kansas, Arizona, and LSU, who are next on the IARP docket. Okay. So those folks next year. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> At Louisville, I think, is coming very soon. The others, who knows? But this 
was unbelievable. Like we have, Dan, you and I have covered, I don't know, 9 million NCAA infractions cases. I have never seen the accused university run a dunk line on the enforcement and adjudicative bodies like this. Not even when North Carolina got away with decades of academic fraud. Yeah, it's still the gold standard. It, it is in terms of the stakes. Like the stakes weren't as high for this one. But this, I mean, the, the IARP, which was devised, you know, coming out of the big scandal and was Condoleezza Rice's commission and all that business, will go down in history as one of the biggest follies, in my mind, maybe the biggest folly in NCAA history, which is saying something. But this is the IARP and the complex case unit absolutely getting routed, mocked, uh, and coming up with nothing. They, 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 this was so nonsensical, this hearing or this, this teleconference today to discuss the ruling. They said, we found significant issues that Memphis, uh, significant violations from Memphis. The penalties are the $5,000 slippery noodle fine, Right, so yeah, they, bar they, night at the slippery noodle. Bar night at the slippery noodle for the for the NCAA, NCAA staff. Love the slippery Drink noodle. Yep. yep, yep, always, yeah. But say the the staff goes to slippery noodle on the fine. Yeah, and gets absolutely they, hammered. That's what they do with the. We fine. don't know that that's true, but we believe it. it we believe it be to true. be true. Uh, yeah. And then Our there is a native body is uh, investigating it. Yeah, a three year probation, and that's it. Oh yeah, and so there there were. Significant there was a bigger failures there was a, by the institution. Yeah. And that's that's the result. That is it. I mean, it, it's it's an astounding disconnect here. But a couple of things that, that stood out that, that they put in print, actually, for us. One, they said that Penny Hardaway did not know that James Wiseman, his best player, had been ruled ineligible, and that's why they played him. Do we really think the head coach did not know his best player had been ruled ineligible? Like, oh, yeah, no. I mean, there was a, the, the, the guy nobody I asked him. Nobody told him? Nobody told him. <laughs> nobody told him. The 24 to 72 hours before that, a lot of things were going on at a different level that wouldn't necessarily involve the head coach, said the head of this, this, this ruling body. Really? Really? Your seven foot five star superstar freshman is ineligible, and it never that word never got to the head coach. Okay, sure. Then there was this. One of the assistant coaches wiped the hard drive on his laptop the day after they were told to preserve their laptops and all communication devices. Hmm. Totally normal behavior. Heady play. Yeah, right. Heady play. Very normal behavior. The NCAA determines this. Asks Memphis, "Hey." Um, We'd like to find out what happened. Memphis <laughs> shoots back this stiff arm. Nobody at the university was involved and nobody was aware of it. And that's it. They didn't do anything else. And the answer was like, okay, all right, thank you. And that's it. That The assistant coach faces no show cause penalty, no nothing. This is like unbelievable. Like they just, the NCAA came in and this actually, I keep saying the NCAA, this is the IARP, which did not know what it was doing. Okay, the complex case unit did not know what it was doing, and they marched in and just absolutely got body slammed back out the door here. Amazing, Pat. That's the IARP. There's probably a lot of people who listen who don't know what that is. It's, it's an outside group like of me. lawyers, basically, right? Me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's Dan. No, it's an outside group that they literally brought in to to get away from these kind of rulings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. again, I don't care, James Wiseman. You know, whatever, right? He played three games. They moved him in. Yeah, they, whatever. But they, they broke. There were rules that the NCAA supposedly cares about. They killed the guy's college career. We didn't get to watch James Wiseman play right. at Memphis. The yeah. NCAA deemed these stupid rules, whether someone paid a moving company to help a family move, so important that they literally said we'd rather not have one of the best young, most exciting basketball players in the country play for us. They. Right. Like, Everyone else is trying to be in business with guys like James Wiseman. <laughs> and the NCAA is like, no, we take these rules too seriously. We need to know how you moved. You and your family moved. Is, is that an extra benefit? I mean, kind of. But have you ever moved? It sucks. Okay, moving is not like there's here's the here's the Lamborghini. Yet then they can't. So they bring these guys in basically to call BS on all of these dumb 
because you need someone to just be like, give me a break, man. You raced it the day after. You're guilty. Uh, this totally happened, right? That was the whole point. Right. Yes. And yet, because you had too many, like, on the committee would be like, some associate AD, and they're looking to actually get a job in that conference. And like, there was a lot of political maneuvering going on. Like if you're, if you're associate AD on the committee and you're at, uh, or an AD on a committee and you're at, you're in conference USA and you're going against an, an SEC school and you bump into someone powerful from the SEC at the Fiesta Frolic and they're like, Hey, yeah, you know, we might be good for that, uh, that job that would pay you three times more and get you to the, right. That was kind of one of the concerns. So we're just going to bring in people be like, this is BS. And yet they can't do it. What a weird, weird idea. I mean, this is Uh, all over. They're done with their rules. Yeah. Well, they, they still, there's four cases still in the IARP pipeline. And they should be hammering these guys. They're so guilty. Yeah. They're totally guilty. That's like this one. Fine. Like, okay. If they decided Penny Hardaway was helping out a bunch of kids, if that is a booster, fine, okay. And so this is not a violation. But the shit of, like, wiping the laptop and getting away with it and trying to convince everybody they didn't know they were playing an ineligible player, oh, come on. No assistant coach knows how to wipe a laptop by himself. (laughs) No, no, they don't. Okay. Basketball coaches can only coach basketball. They're not, they can't, they don't even mow their own lawns. They don't know how to do anything. (laughs) That was another, there was one other thing in there and I'll leave this subject alone, but like they interviewed a bunch of Memphis players and all of them, but one came in without his cell phone. You know, they, they, you know the question, we, we would like to look at your cell phone and all of them, but one's like, oh, I, I don't have my phone. <laughs> how many college kids, how many college kids go anywhere without their cell phone? Yeah, zero. <laughs> so all of them march in and then the NCAA covered, I'm sorry, the IARP comes back and says, um, we'd like to find out about that. And they're like, <laughs> Memphis is like, well, you didn't ask the kids why. We're done here. See ya. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, what an amazing disaster coming up with this idea was. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, they've had a lot of, they've had a lot of failures through the years, but uh, this is a, this is an all-timer. All right, I want to get to uh, – we're going to pick up uh, games on Race for the Case later in the week. We'll get into more of the uh, nuts and bolts of football. It's a really good weekend. There's a ton of, like, interesting games this weekend in week five. But hopefully the the IARP is not is not investigating this scandal. Uh, now, this is the ongoing saga that we have told you about. We were on it. We were on it early. We were, we were on it early. It comes from the competitive chess world, the Champions oh, yeah. Chess Tour. We have an update on the big story. So uh, if you didn't, you've not been following along, okay, we, there's a guy named, I'm just going to go with one name to try to help, Magnus, Magnus Carlson. He is the world go. chess champion. He is the, he's the big dog he's of the, the chess world. Yep. He's, the, he's the man. Magnus had a match against this guy, Hans, who's the American, young American player, who is the upstart because he's gotten really good in his rankings recently. But Hans has been accused of taking beads with electronic <laughs> pulsing in them. Remote I'm electronic sorry. pulsing. I laugh uh, every these time. These would be I kind you'd find at your adult shops, apparently. <laughs> and putting them in a place where you would, uh, well, some people do want these beads. I don't. <laughs> do your own math there, okay? stuffing them in a place and then having a partner. So he would sit down at the chess match and a partner would be remote with the remote control. And you can turn up the bead and turn down the bead. And he would be the, the partner, he or she would be playing the same game as Hans, but on a computer program on artificial intelligence. And then the, the computer would tell the perfect move. So then Hans they would send like, you know, some kind of Morse code the old, thing. The old Morse code. The old Morse code. <laughs> beep, 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 it would beep, buzz beep, beep, in the, beep, the dot, body dot cavity. Yeah. <laughs> body cavity, and then he would move the rook to the right spot, and then he started going on this epic success streak. The horsey, so, right, Dan? The horsey would the move. Horse. Yeah, the, 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 the horsey. The horsey. You made a ton of friends by calling it the horsey. There's all these people who listen to us. Most of them, I don't think, play chess. And they're like, yeah, we thought Uh, it was a horsey, too. (laughs) 
the horse. Yeah, the horse. You got the, the soldier, the priest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The castle, right? The castle. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Anyway, so there was a big controversy that he cheated to defeat Magnus. Then Magnus had a rematch. They had a rematch, and Magnus resigned after one. He just re- quit, quit the game, resigned after one play, and uh, walked off. It seemed to be a statement, but he didn't really say it. Magnus has released a statement. Dear Chess World, which I think I'm part of now. I think we're part of the chess <laughs> we world. We all are. Us with our, look, we brought in a big audience now. Come on. Big new audience for chess. He made the un the unprecedented professional decision to withdraw from the tournament. That's what he said against Hans. Oh, after his round three game. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, okay. Because he thought Hans cheated. Then he resigned after playing one move. Okay. So he, he understands his frustration. So he goes, I believe that che- I believe that cheating in chess is a big deal and an existential threat to the game. I would agree with that. I also believe that chess organizers and those who care about the sanctity of the game we love should seriously c- consider increasing security measures and methods of cheat detection for over-the-board chess. Now, are we going to have to do body cavity searches yes. at the chess match? Yep. And who the hell is signing up for that duty? <laughs> <laughs> you get the people that do uh, do the drug testing for USADA and WADA. I mean, they sit there and watch people go to the bathroom, so they can handle this, too. Yeah, what a job. Yeah. I mean, this is, okay, TSA-level stuff. I believe that Neiman has cheated more and more recently publicly admitted. Neiman uh, admitted cheating at like 14 in some online game and it's still dogging him. So never admit <laughs> it. Do the, to be like Memphis. His over-the-board progress has been unusual and throughout our game in the Sinquay Field Cup, I had the impression that he wasn't tense or even fully concentrating on the game in critical positions while outplaying me as black in a way I think only a handful of players can do. This is a tremendous line. A huge self brag. Only a few people can do this. But how about yeah, that? Right. He's looking across and this guy's pulling these expert moves and he's just like smoking a smoking pulling a them out of his ass, yeah. you could say, even. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> pulling out his head. Uh so there we go. Magnus, it goes on. It's it's quite a statement. The the chess world is appreciative of this. He is not willing to play Hans Demon in the future. I hope the truth of this matter comes out, whatever it may be. So that is our but update. Then, so we will not get another. Who's the dude that fired back? Somebody fired back at Magnus, though, right? Saying, look, you better oh, bring I did, some I proof. I did not have that. What, what? Yeah. yeah. There's more. Roy Delfino, who I, I don't know who he is. Well, we don't know any of these people. Yeah. I don't right. even know what the pieces on the board Roy are. Roy Delfino, if you have evidence that he cheated, you should present that evidence. You're destroying this kid's I know, career based we don't on nothing see that other evidence. than no. shady insinuations that you won't back up. The only evidence you offer is flimsy conjecture. Either prove he's cheating or apologize. Now, what this, what we have here is the chess version of Nick Saban saying that Jimbo Fisher bought his recruiting class, and now Jimbo is Roy Delfino firing back saying, prove it, big boy. I mean, this is beautiful. We thought we had good stuff in football. They're replicating it in, in the chess world. I don't want to see the proof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you probably don't. Well, the, the Jimbo and Nick game is coming up, and there's been no proof. We'll see. Maybe he backs down. I want to see these two play. Like, if they play now, I'm going to watch. I don't know what will go. I will not be smart enough to understand what's going on, but I will want to watch. ESPN, come on. Yeah, we, let's I mean, they go. Poker, I mean, if they turn poker into a thing, let's get chess. Yeah, right? Chess Put it in the octagon. Let's go. Right, right in the middle of the octagon. Yeah. I'm I'm all in. I'm then again, I'm on the chess chess email mailing list now. It's great. Oh, that's <laughs> how you're getting all this information. Yeah. <laughs> all right. One more ongoing saga uh here. Uh if you remember, longtime listeners, it was last year at some point. The uh, the hip hop star Pusha T came out with a uh, diss track of McDonald's. Uh, it, 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 he he wrote a song that dissed the filet fish, called it the I think it was like the filet diss or whatever. Um, memorable lines. If you, it, there's a long another another conflict that we just need to bring to your attention. So Pusha T and his brother 
helped write the jingle, I'm Loving It, mm-hmm. which obviously uh, has been played one billion times probably this week on, uh, uh, you know, who knows? It's the longest running slogan in McDonald's history. Takes two people to write a three-word jingle? And like, did one of them write two it's words and the other jingle. one wrote the third? Let's just put it, uh, not every single person that heard this uh, went with it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how they write these things. But push, I think there was more than just them. But Pusha admits he was young and he did not quite grasp uh, how to get a contract appropriate on this. So they just got paid like a flat fee. And now they've watched like the royalties are worth, you know, good Lord. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. The biggest companies in the world, they play your song for like 20 straight years and you didn't make any money. So Pusha has got a lot of, lot of uh, pun intended, I guess, beef with McDonald's. And last year, decided to pair up with Arby's to make fun of the McDonald's filet fish The most memorable line uh, to me was, how can you trust a square fish? <laughs> that spoke to me. And uh, we played the song numerous times on the show. Well, Pusha's back. So we want to end it with the musical stylings of Pusha T. Pusha is attacking the McRib now. Oh, right. McRib. Arby's has a new real country style rib sandwich uh, coming out. There's mm. also... Uh, a limited edition supply of merch, bolo ties, trucker hats, and shirts. <laughs> Why does the real country want rib sandwich, rib sandwich merch? I mean, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Come on, man. So Pusha is back. He's calling this the rib roast uh, against the Mick, against the the uh, the uh, Mick rib. I have not had a McRib in many years. I, is the McRib bad? I don't, we need this. Is, well, you know, I, the, the, you I don't think so. You think a square fish is fishy, though? But I mean, a McRib with uh, these are ribs with there's no ribs. There's no bones in them. No, so it, what, it's yeah. just a uh, boneless it's, rib. It's, but man, you get the little the onion and the pickle with the barbecue sauce. Not that bad, right? I'm a, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm yeah, not going to admit. Sean like, Anderson, our producer, uh, do you, uh, our last Sean producer has had every fast food sandwich ever. <laughs> if you had the McRib or this uh, this Arby's rib thing. I'm deep in the McRib game. <laughs> okay. I am. I have to admit it. <laughs> McRib Team fan. McRib. Will this get you? Will this will this rib roast get you to want to try the Arby rib sandwich here? The country rib. I- I've been a little cold on Arby's, but I, you know, I, I'm a sucker for a good gimmick. So Pusha T really in this in this song can get me over there. Maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out. All right, well, play play the song because let's. I can't do. I'm not Pusha T. No. Pusha T's better with the words than me. So let's play the song and 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 we'll hear what uh, he's got to say. The rib roast. Oh, it's got the country, like the old Western gunslinger thing. They call me when it's time to do damage. When the quality ain't up to my standards. That make rib falls below average. Replaced by the country style Arby's rib sandwich. Straight out the smokehouse. Texas, my old route. Eight hours to slow cook. Can push for the rollout. The boss with the smoky Q sauce. The real country style make rib get lost. Yeah. This doesn't compare to that replica rib patty. I'm screaming, how dare you? You know that I'm war ready. Arby's taking taste to the next level. Arby's is the choice when you won't settle. McDonald's, what you selling? Mystery me? Pop up and go away. What's history teach? Mickey D's, McRib. You ain't it in the streets. The real country style rib sandwich here to compete. Look, straight out the smokehouse. Country style Arby's rib sandwich, what you know about? We coming straight out the smokehouse. McRib, you just look like a clown, and that's with no doubt. This is a paid advertisement by Arby's. <laughs> straight out the smokehouse. <laughs> straight out the smokehouse by Push It Very through. aggressive. Very yeah. aggressive. Yeah. No, I mean, here. mystery meat. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm loving this. I'm loving this. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll try I'm it. Loving it. I That's mean, it. I'll try it. But again, a rib sandwich with no ribs in it makes me wonder how are they compressing the meat together and what what I, I agree with push on that mystery meat. So I want to see what mystery the uh, meat, yeah. the Arby right. version looks like here. 
All right. Well, there we are. Pushes back, and we love, we love fights. So yeah. the coaches aren't fighting enough this year. We're just going to keep doing Arby's punching above its weight. And uh, Pusha T, keep up with the great music. Pusha T. Uh, he has a new album out. It's almost dry. Is what it's called. Okay. Yeah. Number right. one on the Billboard album chat. Might have to check that out. All right, we'll be back later in the week with actual uh, football picks and all of that and uh, and more. We'll get more uh, details as the, as the week goes on. Appreciate everyone listening. We will talk to you later. <laughs>